I'm on. I'm on. It is time for the children to go out. <laughs> it is almost 11 o'clock, but my body feels it's actually no, midday. Minute. minute to go. <laughs> I love your kids. <laughs> right. There's no news from the bus because the bus has been out without David. It's been let out on its own. <laughs> we know this because... David was at pizza and went in. I saw the bus drive past us on its way to Cannes. So, yeah, he's been on holiday. It's not, he's just let it out, sort of thing. So, we've put it this way we haven't heard anything bad, so we assume they had a good time. Yeah. Um, what state next weekend? Mm. Yeah. All right, 5th of November, okay? And because it's 5th of November, we have Family Sunday. The family Sunday means we have breaking of bread. Peter's going to lead us in that, etc. And, uh, and then we're going to stop for the sort of late breakfast, early lunch afterwards. And the teens are cooking that. I have asked them. I didn't just assume that they would do it, and they've agreed that they will do it next time as well. And then the time after that, we've got proper cooks, OK? Because... <laughs> because Karen and Dawn are going to be doing uh, the brunch thing. Now, you might not want to stay to lunch, okay? It doesn't say lunch Sunday. It says family Sunday. It's about spending time together, even if you then want to go home and have your full roast dinner. You don't have to eat. But we would like you to stay to have fellowship, okay? So that's where that is. Right, today... Steve says, have you got a PowerPoint? And I went, no, I've never done a PowerPoint in my life. The nearest I got to a PowerPoint is when Sasha and I spoke and she sat on the computer and went, move things, put them in different types, of, don't do PowerPoint. I'm living in the fact that when interactive whiteboards first came into school and the kids came into my classroom and I used the whiteboard that you write on, they went, oh, Miss, that's really good. We're suffering from death by PowerPoint. That's my mantra, death by PowerPoint. I also have no Bible reading. <laughs> I have, but it's Daniel chapters 1 to 6, which is a... That Peter said, this, I'm sure there's a way we can put that up on the screen. I thought there probably is, not necessarily a way people want to uh, access it. So afterwards, I did think of giving you homework beforehand, but afterwards, if you feel anywhere that it's gone off a bit off-piste or something, go back, read chapters, Daniel 1 to 6. <clears throat> and the reason I'm choosing, I could talk for a very long time because there's no clock. <laughs> All right. It's taken three people most of the morning to find out that it's actually not working properly. Last time I spoke on Esther, can anybody remember what it was about? It's so reassuring. It makes, somebody in this room. Yeah, yeah. For such a time as this. 
And today, I'm going to stay more or less with the same theme. Sorry, but I'm going to stay more or less thing. But I look at, want to look at somebody else who was in the right place for a long time. Esther, it was almost like for a moment over a couple of months. But this time I'm going to be looking at somebody who was in the right place for a long time. So chapters 1 to 6 of Daniel are about Daniel and his life. 7 to 12 are about the visions he had of the future. We're not going to go anywhere near those. Not today. And it covers the period when Judah was in captivity uh, by the Babylonians. And it's a time that's discussed quite a lot in the Old Testament. It's in Jeremiah, it's in 2 Kings, it's in 2 Chronicles, it's in Ezra. And there are other books that were actually just written during the time of captivity. Oh, I've got a little shelf. My notes on. Toby was very rude. He said, I needed the lectern this high because I'm very short. <laughs> and I said, no. I said, years of teaching. I like my notes down there because I'm used to having mine on a desk. So that's where I am. So, working on the fact that all the knowledge is in the room, or most of the knowledge is in the room, okay, groups three, four, don't really care, come up with four or five things that you know about Daniel and Daniel's life. Okay? Go. <laughs> no Googling it. Daniel's life pre-chapter 7. Right. We've got some stuff. I was, I was going to write them down. But in fact, I'll just go with you shouting at me. Okay, so there was sort of a group at the front. Give me two or three things. We discovered that we know... Lion's Den. Three okay. friends. Three friends. And um, I think writing on the wall. Is that what? Yeah, they're the, the sort of the big stories. Was Daniel in uh, the fiery furnace? No. 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 Okay, good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. In that story, I thought, was it 
Okay, some other facts, but yes, yes, go on, Pam. Not a competition. And he led an upright life. He led an upright life. He was a righteous man. He was a righteous man. Anything else? I, I think God favoured him and gifted him with the, his prophetic dreams. With his dreams. So dreams and visions. He, had, he was visions. given the gift of dreams and visions. Yep. He was a captive. He was a captive. He became very powerful. He was like second in Babylon or something. Yeah, he was... Uh, That's it. They couldn't find any dirt <laughs> on him, basically, so they made a rule yeah. so that they could then, and then that's when he goes into the lion's den. Right, okay, so, anything else? Anybody got any other things oh, to add? Dave, Dave says he lived into his <laughs> Yeah, he did live into his, well, at least eight is. <laughs> yes, I told Dave that. He didn't believe me and went away to check I'd got my facts right. So, he was from uh, the house of David, so he had royal lineage, okay? He was good... Why am I, why am I making funny noises? Yes, brother. He was good-looking. Don't know? Check it out in that diary. He was good-looking. No, he didn't. He was renowned for his wisdom... <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, that was Joseph. He was renowned for his wisdom and his intelligence. Okay, um, I think it was the Queen who got involved in that one. He had a gift for dream interpretation. That's how he first came came to notice. He had legendary righteousness. It gets mentioned elsewhere, and there was zero dirt on him. Right? They couldn't find any sort of bad things about him, which is why he ended up in the lion's den. He oversaw the pagan magicians of Babylon. That was part of his job, was to overlook the Babylonian magicians. And through various stories, which I'm not going to go into, but God uses uh, Daniel's wisdom to show up the Babylonian gods because they actually have to end up saying, you must have the spirit of God in you um, after various things go on. He was a government official under four kings, which is why we know he was probably about 80, okay? Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, Darius, and Cyrus. He was in captivity for 70 years. 70 years. And he was probably anywhere between 70 and 80 years old when he went into the lion's den. So I just... And I have to doctor all the children's pictures that we might use with them when we tell that story because he was quite an old man <laughs> when it happened. Um, and, and Daniel introduces the angels Gabriel and Michael. That's the first mention in the Bible comes in the book of Daniel. So he was kidnapped by Nebuchadnezzar and taken to Babylon. Uh, the king Nebuchadnezzar basically ruled most of the air at that sort of all the countries around that area and he had a habit of taking uh treasure all right so he took stuff from the temple and put it into his storehouse and he also took hostages and creamed off the sort of the best and the talented from the countries where he actually um, went um so whether 
in, his, in Nebuchadnezzar's mind, Daniel was a hostage or whether he was just a young man from a royal lineage and he thought the people, the rest of Judah, behaved themselves if they had, he had all those young men with them, we don't know. But what we do know is that he was an exile, living away from his family. They're not sure how old he was when he was taken into captivity. It's sort of, they think he was anywhere between probably the age of our teens up to early 30s which would, if he was around for 70 years, would have made him very old by the end of it. So he's probably younger than we think when he actually went. So he was away from his family. He was away from his synagogue and the teachers um, because he was part of the court. Right? He was taken into the court. He was a hostage in a foreign land and he was part of the Babylonian court. He was not a volunteer. It wasn't like, okay, who wants to come and be a hostage? Put his hand up and off he goes. He was not a volunteer. Volunteer. He was a hostage and he was taken. He was not where he wanted to be. Of that, you can almost be certain. And he did not choose to go. He was kidnapped as a hostage and taken off. What we do know from the stories is that he was in the right place at the right time, chosen by God to help save his nation. But I bet that's not what it looked like from Daniel's perspective. Right? It's possible he could have been very young as a teenager and I'm sure he didn't think, oh, God's got great things for me. I am going to do these miracles. I'm going to use these giftings, etc. He wasn't starting from that point. He was starting from somebody where he was taken to be part of the court, where we'd have to keep the rules and... Absolutely guarantee he was not where he wanted to be. I think sometimes when we look at our lives or the circumstances we're in, I think sometimes we can end up thinking, I'm not where I should be. I'm not where I want to be. I'm not doing what I want to do. Or I'm too dot, 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 dot to be doing this. You can fill in your own dot, dot, young, old, ill, I know, whatever, poor, too rich, whatever, too distracted, whatever, but whatever, I'm too to be doing this. Or I think sometimes we can look at our lives, I've done all the right things, whatever they are in your head, and look where I've landed up. Well, I bet Daniel probably felt the same things I shouldn't be here. I should be at home. Right? I don't want to be here in a foreign court. Right? And I certainly don't want to be part of the civil service and have to keep the rules. And we know that he didn't keep all of the rules. We've got a great privilege of looking at Bible stories with hindsight. We know how the stories pan out. Yeah? And we use Bible stories to give us instruction, to give us hope, to give us strength, to give us fiction. But we don't really know how the characters felt at that time. So it's easy for us to say, yes, but it's different for me. Yeah? And I think sometimes we look at it, we look at the Bible stories as stories and sometimes forget they were about real people in real circumstances, in real time, living out real lives. 
and how they felt about it. Sometimes I look at my life and think, if I knew I was going to end up here doing this, I probably would have started from somewhere else. Yeah? If I knew what was going to happen in the future, I may have tried to manipulate a different path along the way. Um, and I think sometimes that can happen when you get um, prophecies when you're quite young. We take them and we say, right, this means that, therefore I need to be doing this, this and this. When you do this, this and this and this, and then God actually takes you a different thing, you think, oh, I didn't think it could mean that. Yeah? So just, I'm just laying it out there. But God has brought me to this time in this place. Right, little bit of Bible. Romans 8.28. Anybody want to hazard a guess what Romans 8.28 says? It says, all things work good for who have been called into his purpose. All things work together for good for those who love him, right? Not just for everybody, but for those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. I like the first bit. Okay, all things work together for good to those who love him. Yes, you know, sometimes, I'm not that keen on the next bit, who have been called according to his purposes. I'd quite like it to say according to my purposes because that gives me the freedom to do what I like and the first bit means he'll bail me out, yeah? Because all things work together for good. Being human and having free will means we all make mistakes along the way. I'm not going to get you into groups so that you can describe your mistakes along the way to each other and take feedback, but I'm sure some of you can look and think, that might not have been the wisest thing to do, that might not have been the best thing to happen to me. We're human. And I, I don't know about if you ever get into um, discussions with non-Christians who say, why does God allow? Why does God not do? Free will. Right? He gave us free will. And it's very difficult. Um, it's a bit like, I don't know, it probably doesn't happen to Steve because he teaches in a posh school. Um, but you'd get parents saying, coming up to me and saying, that's not fair what you're doing to my child. And I tried to get people to understand the difference between fair and just. I said, you don't mean fair, because if I was fair, if I was punishing one, I'd punish all of them, for whatever reason it was, because that's fair. You share it all out between you. Just, being just, is doing the right thing for an individual. And I think sometimes we, we want life to be fair, and non-Christians want life to be fair in their eyes, rather than it being just. And I think we see a lot of that coming through in all sorts of things, you know, um, with different movements and things. People think it's not fair, and what they really want is justice. But that's a bit of a dirt track over there. We can look at that one later. You'll be really glad 
to know we're not puppets. Yeah? I'm not very good at puppetry. Wendy's brilliant at puppetry. Okay? Give her a puppet dog as she's away. Actually, they don't know that, do they? No. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One day, along with her eating roadkill, it'll be something you can look forward to. That was a conversation on Friday night about eating roadkill. Yeah, yeah. And Wendy's face when the idea of eating a squirrel that John had shot was. Yeah, so anyway, Wendy's good at puppetry, right? Just so that you know. Um, especially when she's been a really, really, really belligerent dog. <laughs> yeah, I'm building it up. See, I'm building it up for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a long time ago. But we aren't God's puppets, okay? We do have free will. But he does make sure at all times that his purposes are worked out by those who love him and are willing to yield according to his purposes. So it might not be you, it might have to be somebody else if you've decided that you're not interested and you're going your own way, etc. But his purposes will be worked out. It's taken you all of your lives, whether you're old or younger, to reach this place. Some of you may feel that the best of your life or the most important of your life, those bits are in the past. But Daniel went into the lion's den in his late 70s to 80s when they couldn't dig up dirt on him and that's what they did. And God used him to show that he was God and he was sovereign and that his purposes would work out. Don't know the timeline, but if he was in his 70s to 80s when he went in the lion's den, it wasn't long before that captivity of Judah ended. So, what does it mean for us about being in the right place at the right time? I think sometimes it's very easy to live our lives always looking in the future. Now, I don't mean... I don't mean you shouldn't have plans, and I don't think things that, that change. But I think sometimes we, um, we feel our lives will be better when. Yeah? So we might feel that life will be better when I retire, because I'll have more time. Or you're not, as the case may be, pointing in, in a... Like for me, mum got dementia, etc., sort of thing. Things might be better when I move. Things might be better when I change job. And I'm not saying moving and or changing jobs are wrong things, but if we're constantly always in the future, then we're not in the now. Things will be better, well, better, probably the wrong word, when the kids grow up. Life, things will be different when the kids grow up. My life will be better when I feel better or I'm fitter or whatever. You can, I'm sure you can come up with a whole great long list of your own. But if we do that, 
then we're not operating as God's people in this place at this time to the best of our ability, gifting and calling. Living for a possible or a desired future can mean we miss living and building God's kingdom here and now. Yeah, because if we're always, it's always over there, it's always over there. And, and I'm not against striving for things, I'm not against persevering for things, but it's like the mindset of, um, I, think, I think across the country, the church, when it came out of um, pandemic, got into when things get better, rather than this is where we are here now in these circumstances. What's God saying for us now? What should we be doing now? So we end up thinking, so we're waiting, you know, we're waiting for it to go back or we're waiting for it to be like it was before the pandemic or we're waiting for new this or we're waiting for new that or we're waiting for more this. Rather than saying, well, no, God's brought us to this place here now at this time and we need to be doing what we can to build God's kingdom. Daniel could have said, I'll wait till I get back to Judah. Um, I'm too upset, missing my family. God has left me here in captivity. What does he think he's doing? Yeah. He could have said, I'm going to wait until things have improved. I'm too busy learning the child, I don't know how you say it, Chaldean, Chaldean language history, customs, which was what you had to do to be part of the civil service. But at each stage in his life, he stayed true to God believing he was the right person in the right place at the right time to serve God's purposes. We're not hostages in a foreign land. We are a group of people who love the Lord and believe, because it says in the Bible, all things work together for those that love him and have been called according to his purpose. We are a chosen people. We are the Lord's representatives serving in here in Derry Hill, Carn, Chippenham, North Wiltshire, and maybe further afield because of the jobs that you've got or the connections that you have. Now is the right time and here is the right place. How do I know this? Because whatever route and set of circumstances you've been through, this is where you find yourself now. And we are the right people because we've been called according to his purpose to help God build his kingdom here and now. Not at some point in the future. Yes, in the future as well, but not sometime in the future, but here and now. And God will build his kingdom. All we have to decide is how are we going to be part of that here and now, in this place. God will build his kingdom. How am I, how are you, going to be part 
of what God is doing here and now in this place. Because that's what it says. All things work together for those that love him and have been called according to his purpose. Daniel for 70 years was the right person in the right place at the right time. Esther was the right person called for such a time as this, for a moment in history. We are at a moment in history. What's gone is gone and what's in the future we don't know. But we do know that we are called to be his representatives and to help build God's kingdom here and now in this place where we find ourselves. Amen. something across that you don't agree with do come back to me I'll then pass you on to somebody um, and if you're thinking well that's quite a heavy burden and you feel you need prayer then I'm sure Marianne and Dawn will be happy to pray and I'll be happy to pray with you sort of thing but think about it because till you get it I might keep having to come back to the same subject okay <laughs> anyway time for tea thank you